Hi, I'm Stephanie Ryan, and I'm the owner of Ryan Education Consulting, and I'm also an influencer on Instagram and TikTok for Let's Learn About Science, and I do science experiments for parents and their kids to help parents teach science at home without getting really expensive, fancy chemicals to do it. Hi, everybody. It's Moshe Freedom. Welcome to the very 109th episode of the Class Stars podcast. This summer, I had the privilege to sit with Stephanie Ryan, and here's how our conversation went. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. We're privileged to be joined by Stephanie Ryan, who, among other things, created a, an at-home science kit for parents. We'll let her tell us more about that. So, Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, Tell us about what you're doing, and more importantly, how did you get into it? (laughs) The how I got into it story is pretty funny. So um, I'm a scientist and an educator, so that naturally comes to me. Um, But then I had a child, and I started to approach things through his eyes, and I was like, huh, this is different. And I never thought of how a lot of what we teach high schoolers and college students is a lot like skills that little kids have. So sorting, kids love to sort their color, their toys by color and things like that. And it was like, well, I think a lot of chemistry, we could do that. You have atoms or molecules, you have elements or compounds, and you can kind of go through this pretty far into the book. And I was like, I think we can do this. So I sat down and I, I thought about it, got it sketched out and had an illustrator help me out with it. And um, that is how Let's Learn About Chemistry was born. So I was doing my consulting stuff and I had this book on the side and then the pandemic hit and we definitely couldn't go to schools and read the book and do demos and do any of that. And so my publicist at the time was, researching what's the best thing we can do. It came out in June during like smack dab in the middle of everything. And she suggested that we do a, uh, an Instagram page. And as I was home with my four-year-old, uh, we pulled him from pre-K for a while to do at-home care until we figured out what was going on with the pandemic. And I realized that parents need support. They, we were, we were, everybody needed support during this. And there would be parents, I would post these activities I was doing with my son and they'd be like, wow, thank you. This is such a great idea. And I'm like, this is just baking soda and vinegar. What? Like, you don't know what question to ask here. And then I thought, actually, yeah, if you're not a scientist, that might not be, you don't think like what's inside the bubble. Like that might be unique to a scientist to think that. Um, And so I kind of switched gears a little bit and I just started doing demos for people and we ended up um, reviewing science toys that are out there and I posted lessons that were themed and it just took off and parents really enjoyed that and I thought this this seems like a good route to go to help these parents be more empowered to do it. That is so amazing. That is so amazing because obviously as you said 
in, in the thick of the pandemic when everyone was overwhelmed and nobody really knew what to do. Here you come in and you provide very clear instruction guidance on how to help parents, number one, educate their kids, but number two, and maybe even more important than educating them, giving them structure and framework at a time that was without structure and framework and giving the parents you know, the peace of mind to know, hey, I can spend now this time with my kid in a structured environment for me, for my child, work things out, they're learning, they're not jumping off the walls. It's just like the perfect, it's just the perfect recipe. That's amazing. The thing I've really loved about it is that I hear from parents that they've been given confidence in their own abilities. And that's something that I like to highlight for people is that remember your four-year-old, they don't know anything about the world around them. Everything is new. And that's why we always say like, look at the thing through the eyes of a child because everything is brand new. So talking about solids, liquids, and gases, you may feel like that's silly and like, I'm not teaching them anything, but you really are. And so if you just take a step back Remember that science is everywhere around you. It is not just in a lab. You can do a lot in your kitchen. And my goal is to find activities that people can do in their kitchen at home um, without having to go to the store and buy in something. That's amazing. So just for our listeners, and I'm going to go through this as we speak, where can I find you on Instagram? Let's Learn About Science is the handle for Instagram and TikTok. And on Facebook, it's Let's Learn About Chemistry. Let's Let's. Yeah, it started out just to be about the book and Facebook has bigger rules about changing your handle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's learn, here we go. Okay, so I would encourage everybody to follow your Facebook page, your Instagram page, and, and obviously Facebook and TikTok as well. But we're gonna, you know, look at this, uh, look at this. Wow, and you've got a lot, you've got a lot of information. Wow, over four hundred posts already, and a nice following of over ten thousand. So that should continue to grow. That's really, really amazing. So, you know, you, you you're so articulate in saying the story, and it sounds like it was just so simple, right? You just set up. You just set up an Instagram page and voila, right? (laughs) Take out some ingredients from the cabinet and here we go. Poof, magic, right? No, no, not at all. Um, It was definitely so as all parents did, I struggled in the beginning of it. Um, I educate older kids and teaching a four-year-old things. I just didn't know what to do. I mean, he was three when it first started. So even younger, and it was like, I can't get him to learn how to write. And I would tell my mom, like, he just will not sit down with me to practice this. And it was just like, we'd get frustrated with each other. And I'm like, okay, maybe there are other things that I can work with him on that don't make it feel like it's school. And we can kind of work on this. And I talked to his preschool teacher And she said, well, what do you do with them at home? And I said, well, today we made cookies, watered the garden. And she was like, those are all skills. And it's just like this click in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, they are skills. And these are good skills for him to learn. And he's getting life skills by helping me fold laundry and things like that. And it just changed how I viewed it. And I decided, you know what? We're in this for the long haul. It ended up being 15 months of us keeping him home. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just come up with something that people are interested in and my son is interested in. And so he actually will get up and he'll say, 
mommy, can we learn about bugs today? And I'll be like, well, not today, buddy, but I can start to get that together for you next week. And then he'll be really excited about it. And so what I started to do was um, a hashtag, let's learn about, and then we'd fill in the blank of what it is. And there would be a STEM activity, an art activity, some free worksheets online from Teachers Pay Teachers, um, and then any books that I found were really, really good to go along with that topic. So you could address lots of different things around this thing that your kid's interested in. Um, and I felt like going through the Teachers Pay Teachers things um, and finding what's free was really a a real useful part of that because it's hard to sift through everything that's on the internet. And I, I sifted, I went through a lot of things and, and it turned out to be really cool. Like I ended up getting an expert day added on. So I talked to an expert from all of the fields that we talk about. And so like it started with my local fire department down the road, they made a video and it was like, you know, what? I'm going to just ask people, we got an astronaut. And it was the coolest conversation I've ever had in my life. And it was just like, okay, this is me. And so now I'm just lining those weeks up and it's really cool. It's fun. And hopefully parents can just jump right in and say, hey, my kid really likes this. Here are five books I could get, you know. That's so amazing. And that is so cool to have that conversation with astronauts and other, you know, interesting experts that typically people might not have access to. And you just, you know, you just bring it to them. I'll tell you another interesting thing that I was thinking as I was listening to you speak, you know, one of the challenges that I remember even in, when I was in graduate school was that there was the academic piece and there's the practical piece. And one of the biggest challenges is bridging those two and making the academic practical. And as I'm listening to you tell your story and you say how it clicked, you're actually teaching the academics in such a practical way that you're making it easier for your son, right? It's your son, right? Mm -hmm. Your son, and obviously whoever else is watching your videos, you're, you're bridging that gap for them in such a practical way because it's all hands-on, it's all practical, and it's all, you're coming from the practical side into the academic side, into the theoretical side, rather than at school when you first take out a book and you read all of these theories or information that's not necessarily so practical and then it needs to be applied. It becomes a two-step process. You're going straight to the one-step process. So that's a super powerful tool in itself to be able to take knowledge and apply it in a practical sense, you know, in, uh, in, in Bloom's taxonomy, being able to apply knowledge, you know, that's at the higher end of, of the, you know, of the learning stages. So that's super, super cool that you're able to do that so seamlessly. Wow. Well, and I think it's really cool too, that the kids end up learning without knowing they're learning. So like they learn the science as a way to explain what they just saw. And so it's less about here's this fact I know. And like, you couldn't regurgitate these facts. It's that, it's that, huh, there was, this is really cold. So it froze. I wonder what happened there. And so next time when they learn that molecules speed up, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, I wonder if it becomes solid because they slow down. Like they'll just make these connections and it's not because they learned it in a book. And I just, it's so fun to see those connections get made. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. So you're doing this now for about 15, 16 months or so. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's been about a year on the Instagram account of it really going for it. Um, because that just, that's what people were really interested in. I mean, yes, people love the book too, but the, the thing that people were really wanting was what can I do with my kid in this pandemic? And one of the things that I've noticed lately is a lot of countries outside of the U S right now are in re-lockdowns and they're revisiting those materials. Um, and so I, I hope that it's helpful to people that, it gives them some sense of like, I can do this um, because they can. And I, I really encourage that. <laughs> so amazing. That's so amazing. You're impacting the world, you know, <laughs> you know, who are the most vulnerable, the most at risk right now. You're really being, you know, you're really able to help them. Let's take a step back before you did this. You said you were teaching. Tell us about your teaching career. You know, how long did you teach and, and what ages did you teach? What was good? The, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Let's let's hear because the foundation, you know, there are a lot of teachers out there, but and there are a lot of people that are doing things that are similar to what you're doing, but but not that many. You know, most teachers are not doing what you're doing. So clearly something about you or your career or something distinguishes you from the typical teacher. And I'm curious to know, you know, where did that, where did that come from? So let's go take a step back. Yeah. Um, I have always really liked chemistry and I also really liked teaching chemistry. So I started TAing in college and one of my professors pulled me aside and said, Hey, I think you've got a knack for this. Maybe you switch gears and go that route. And I got, ended up getting my minor in education so that I could do that if I wanted. And I went to grad school. So I TAed a bunch of courses and I was part of an NSF fellow program where they sent graduate students in the hard sciences to go into classrooms of kids and help do lessons and things. And the whole goal of it was to learn how to speak to the public better about your research. Because if you can't explain, explain it to a kid, you're, you're not going to be able to explain it to anybody. Like you need to be able to break your content down. Um, and I actually ended up liking that much, much more than my research. And I was like, okay, I think I, I'm in the wrong field. Um, so they um, had a program called um, the Learning Sciences that was coming out. And it's how people learn different content areas. And so what I did was I focused on chemistry. And I looked at how kids use math and chemistry and math outside of chemistry and how a kid can talk about the concentration of paint really easily, like how many red drops of paint are in here versus white, but they aren't able to do that in chemistry. And I was like, what's going on here? And so I interviewed students and I, um, I had a pen that wrote as they talked. So I have exactly when they said what they did and I was able to analyze how they set up their problems and pull up misconceptions they were doing. And I think that knowing the misconceptions are super important because then you can help identify where someone's going wrong. Um, and we don't really use that in assessment as often as I'd like. And so I actually ended up going into the assessment world um, and writing curricular materials and assessments that address misconceptions so that teachers and parents can see. So if I write a multiple choice item, it's not just some random number. There's a reason you've got this number and I know that, and that's in the rationale, um, mm -hmm. so that we can fix that, you know, and we can help you. Um, and so I would say I'm more on the assessment side of education at the moment. Um, but 
I did teach an after-school program in Chicago uh, for after-school matters, and that was great. We did forensic science in an inner-city school, and I did the same thing I do on my podcast. I asked everybody and their brothers and sisters to like, hey, can you come to my class and be an expert? And we had a bomb squad expert from the FBI come and speak to my 12 kids. And it was so cool. And so I think that that's where I kind of found my groove was that like, okay, I really like this. So like seeing kids do things that they don't normally get to do. Um, and just highlighting that everybody, no matter where you're from can do science and making it more accessible for everybody. That is so amazing. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Clubhouse at all. Are you are you involved with Clubhouse? Um, I've heard of it and people have suggested it, but I'm oh, not on there yet. Yes, yes. And if you need an invite, I can definitely send you. <laughs> I have ample invites. So we can definitely get you connected. There is a great education community on, on uh, Clubhouse. And very often there are rooms around how to spark creativity in kids, how to teach kids creativity. And one of the things that I always think about, and I try to make this point and push it as as hard as I can is that the best way to teach creativity is to surround yourself with creativity and it's not something that can be taught methodically because that's not creative you know once it's methodical once it's predictable then it's not creative anymore so the only way you can really learn it is by being around people that are creative people that are experts if you want to learn expertise you have to be around expertise so what you're doing you know, in addition to what you're actually doing is you're also giving people access to creativity, to real mastery, real high level expertise. You know, you take these 12 kids, when would they ever be exposed to a bomb squad expert? You know, that would never happen. Yeah. And I had never even been exposed to. So this was so cool. And it was just like, we were in the right place at the right time. And we just had, I mean, there were forensic well, accountants that came in, like, you were, not, so you were not in the right place at the right time. You cultivated the right place in the right time. This is your orchestration, right? This is not just, you know, you walk into your room and, whoa, there was some random bomb squad guy there. You did the, you did the work. You set the groundwork. You had everyone and his brother, you know, reach out to any experts that they knew. And this worked. So, you know, it's, it's very humble of you to say that it, you know, kind of worked out that way. But, but let's be clear here. You did a lot of work to make this happen, this didn't happen by itself. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> you bust your bubble. <laughs> but that's amazing. That's really, really amazing. It's funny because I've never actually pulled on that thread before of where, how connected that is to what I do now, but it really is. <laughs> yeah, so that's amazing. So so let me understand this. So you're, you're, you're doing the, the Instagram, but you're also teaching. I'm writing the assessment materials. You're writing the assessment. Yeah. So my teaching right now is just I'm teaching parents when I'm online. Um, I hold a lot of live demonstrations that you bring your chemicals, not chemical. Well, everything's a chemical. Um, you bring your kitchen materials, such as baking soda vinegar with you. Um, and we do a live and I do the experiment with you and your kids. And then we talk about it. Um, so that's the kind of teaching I'm doing right now. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. That's so amazing. So you started out, you know, doing, doing these assessments and then what was the next step after that? Was that straight into what you're doing now or was there anything in between? 
pretty much straight into what I'm doing now. Cause I've done that for about 10 years. So like I do um, assessment. That's my, that's, your that's what my background was before I wrote this book and became on Instagram. <laughs> wow. Amazing. That's so amazing. So what's next? Are you going to continue doing this? Do you have any ambitions for anything further? That is a wonderful question that I'm currently trying to figure out what fits where. Um, I really do enjoy doing this part. Um, I've, I really like sharing it with parents. And I always thought it would be the kids I'd be excited to see that they're excited. But I'm actually really excited to see the parents feeling confident in doing it. And that's just a side of it I wasn't expecting. That's so amazing. Wow. Um, but my son just went back to daycare uh, slash pre-K program. And I'm, I'm able to figure this out now. Um, it's just, I've got to figure out which platforms are best for what, what kind of materials. And so now that life has went back to kind of normal, um, I need to figure out what percent is still going to be this other. <laughs> that is amazing. That is really, really amazing. So Stephanie, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, you started doing these videos for the kids, for your own child, and it kind of evolved into creating these videos for the parents. Now, an interesting thing is that I, you know, as a social worker starting out, working with teachers and parents and kids, one of the things that I noticed is that most teachers do not come into education because they love working with parents. When it comes to that piece of teachers communicating with parents, the teachers don't feel confident talking to parents very often, especially about problems, obviously. Those are the difficult conversations. And <clears throat> one of the things that I, that I say is that nobody, you know, nobody came into education because they love working with parents. But here you are as the exception because you know, the love of working with parents is really what allowed you to find this space and to capitalize on it because here are all these parents that are homeschooling their kids and they're not really equipped to do it. And you can't, you stepped in and you're like, hey, I can help you guys. And you're literally connecting with the parents in a way that is so important. So, you know, I don't know if anybody ever asked you about this beforehand, but, but how do you feel about this? You know, I don't know if, you know, what your experience is with this at all, but just the idea that you are most probably the very first teacher that I've ever spoken to that prefers working with parents in a certain sense. Well, I wouldn't say that I prefer working with parents. I really like working with kids too. But um, one of the things that's really gratifying about working with parents, and I've been thinking about this since the last time we talked, trying to pinpoint, I think it's because it's a second chance. Uh, we we They didn't like science the first time through, or maybe they felt like they couldn't do it. This is my chance, a second time, to go through and help them maybe enjoy it a little more this time and to make them feel more confident. Cause I know as a parent often, I feel like I'm not confident in what I'm doing. So anytime that you can get that push from somebody else, that says, Hey, no, high five, you've got this. Like anytime someone can do that, I just find that really helpful. So I wanted to be that person to others. That is so amazing. You know, and I, I love how you mentioned that the parents didn't really get a good first shot at understanding and appreciating science and you're giving them that second chance that second chance is so important on so many levels you know i don't even need to get into it you know it's all about second chances nobody gets it right on the first chance 
um, well, I shouldn't say nobody, you know, almost nobody. And to kind of be able to look at the parents and see them, you know, and I'm going to take this to another level. So, so here's the thing. It's great that you're giving them the second chance and you're helping them to work with their kids. And obviously they build better relationships with their kids because of that and how important that is. You know, we talk about the relationship between teachers and students, but of course the relationships between parents and children are even more critical, you know, and the research on, you know, kids at risk and, and how it correlates with relationships with parents is, you know, makes that quite evident. But, but here's the thing also, when I work with teachers that are struggling with kids, I always tell them, when you look at this kid, you can't just look at them as a kid. You have to look at their potential. You have to look at them as an adult because very often we'll say things to kids or we'll treat kids certain ways because we think that they're defenseless. We think that they're weak. We think that they're children. So we can kind of get away with saying something that's not so nice, a little bit insulting, which we would never say to an adult who would push back on us. We would never talk that way, but to a child, sometimes we feel like that's okay. It's not, but sometimes we feel that way. But when, you know, what I try to do to prevent that from happening with me is when I talk to kids, I don't think of them as kids. I know that in 20, 30, 40 years from now, they could be talking about this interaction that I'm having with them. It can make that kind of impression on them. So I'm going to speak to them in a way that if they're going to talk about me in 30 years from now, how do I want them to be talking about me? That's, that's my mindset. Okay. Now that's super important for teachers. You've taken that to a whole new level because you're looking at the parents as kids, right? I'm looking at the kids as adults. You're looking at the parents like, Hey, these parents were once kids too. And they didn't really have a good science teacher maybe. And here's another chance that they can learn science for themselves to appreciate it, to be able to be better parents, better people, better educated, more curious, more inquisitive. I mean, you're, you've just taken that to a whole new level. What do you think about that? I think I look at them all as students, uh, the adults and the kids. I don't know if I'd say I think the adults are like kids, but I think that everybody has a lot of potential that they may or may not have tapped into all of it. Um, and just because something wasn't interesting to you before because you were a little afraid of it doesn't mean that you might not get sucked into a documentary down the road or like something happens and you want to learn more about it. Like just pointing out the science is all around us and it's not in a textbook, I think really helps with that. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I've always viewed students that way with the potential they have. And I always like to hear that I didn't know that was possible, like making sure that representation is there so that a student sees themselves that they could be a doctor if these if they took this seriously and we got the right opportunities, this could happen. Um, and I think the same thing's true with parents is that they've got this potential and they might be afraid to try doing some of these things, but with some support, just like a student, they can too amazing that's amazing so what are you most excited for for the upcoming year you know it's middle of the summer right now and we're coming out of a pandemic hopefully we continue to move in the right direction <laughs> i was actually at a starbucks coffee shop this morning and for the very first time i saw a sign on the door that said if you are fully vaccinated masks are optional 
first time that I've seen that ever, you know, on a store. It was so such a, I brought my mask in with, I am, I am fully vaccinated and I brought my mask with me because I know that, you know, some people are still sensitive to this. So I had my mask in my hand. As soon as I saw that sign, I was like, okay, then I don't need a mask. I'm not going to be the only one. And that was very, very refreshing. So there's a whole year coming up, a whole year. Everyone is excited about it. What is most exciting about the upcoming year for you? I have a few things coming up. One, during the pandemic, when my book came out, I didn't get to do a well, I guess, what do you call it? A full court press. I didn't get to do all of the book readings at bookstores and things like that. So luckily a lot of festivals I've submitted to and things like that, they extended the deadlines because they'd all been canceled from last year. Um, so I'm really excited to go to preschools and read my book to whoever will have me. I'm so excited to do it. Um, so that's the big one. Um, and then I'm not sure, I'm still figuring that out for myself. So we had pulled my son from daycare um, and he just went back 15 months later. So now that I've got my days back, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> how, how has he adjusted to coming back after 15 months? Pretty well. Um, it, it definitely makes me feel good that somebody loves me that much, <laughs> but there are tears a lot of at drop off and, um, but he's getting this socialization that he wasn't getting at home. He's an only child. And so, I mean, he was getting great relationships with grandparents and relatives, but there's, he need he needed some four and five-year-olds in his life. So I think that he's getting more and more used to it. And me too. That was a really big change for me because I finally was just getting used to it. <laughs> After 15 months, I, I was used to being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> well, they're both great. Either way, either way you slice it, having him home is great and having him at school is great. So, you know, it was good while while it lasted and now it's good to be back to to regular and it frees you up yeah other exciting things okay so sounds amazing i love what you're doing stephanie and again uh you know everyone should check out your instagram page and we'll put all of those links into the comments into the notes of the podcast it'll be easy for people that are listening to just click into it right away and follow you and, and watch what you're doing and you know, buy your book and, and everything, everything that you're doing. Is there anything else, any last closing messages that you want to throw out there before we wrap up? No, I think I'm all set. Okay. Amazing. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. It's really been a pleasure. I love your perspective, your enthusiasm, and uh, looking forward to learning some great science lessons from you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, Visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a class stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.